Coming up on today's show. Week five is almost in the books, and we've got takes on takes on takes. Time to give him the business, Joe. My Thursday night teammate, Colleen. Oh! Wolf. Wolf. Calls the show and joins in on the Tomahawk catchphrase game. Top five quarterbacks, unused golf carts, and the Tomahawk drinking game. All this Kyle Shanahan and more Kyle Shanahan coming up on the award-winning Tomahawk Show. I know banana hammocks may have seemed like a crazy idea, so I want to pitch to you a new idea. Joe Hawk, Gil Blind Date, where Joe and Hawk pick two of their NFL friends and set them on blind dates. The fun part is, why they're on this date, Joe and Hawk have to have earpieces in connected to the NFL players. And the NFL players that are on the blind date can only say what Joe or Tom tell them to do. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Tomahawk Show. Listen, if you've been living under a rock, we are the number one podcast in the history of audio, and you are now welcomed into the world that is Andrew Hawkins, myself, and Joe Thomas, the first offensive lineman in the history of the NBA. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Um, it was a uh, another great weekend in Wisconsin. We got yes. five inches of rain, and it nice. was like 40 degrees, uh, and I always feel like this time of year, it's a good time to talk weather so we can piss our boss TD off, nice. who despises when he we start talking about weather talk. Weather. Yeah. Yeah. So. All that's right. Fantastic. So we got five inches of rain. How do you measure rain? Is it, does it, Actually, does it's it, uh, this amazing thing called a rain gauge. Wow. And it's, nice. it's basically a cup. That is with, nice. With, with uh, hash marks on the side of it. All right. I'm a fan. But. Uh, yeah, that but was no, good. it was it was it was a good week because the Thursday night game uh, in Seattle was riveting. I will say I'm not sure if that's past your bedtime or not. Absolutely, but came down to a field goal and it was back and forth. Russell Wilson is playing lights out, and I think this is a good time to ask right now: Who is your favorite for league MVP? My favorite. I, for I know that MVP. my mind was changed after watching what I saw on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite for league MVP right now. <sighs> Gardner Minshew. That's a lie. That was the first name that came to my head. I, cause I couldn't say Russell uh, Wilson. That would I, be a hot take. Russell Wilson definitely is my favorite for the MVP, but you were obviously right. alluding to him. So I didn't want to say was, that. And yeah, uh, who failed. else? My home seems too easy, right? That's not a hot take. Well, he's kind of been the, the sexy pick. He was the MVP last year, and he started so hot. But it was interesting. As we were watching Russell Wilson uh, perform last Thursday, me and Steve Smith and Michael Irvin were talking, and we're like, why isn't Russell Wilson getting more credit? Is it because in Seattle they're just like so far away from it? It's, everybody talks about like the West Coast bias. Yep. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that he hasn't really ever played with the amount of star receivers that Patrick Mahomes has, yeah. I feel like he's not getting enough credit for that. Because you look at the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has, you know, Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins, um, Miko Harmon right now, uh, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Like the whole roster is just loaded with skill talent. Right. Where you look in Seattle with Russell Wilson and he had Doug Baldwin and he's got Tyler Lockett. 
and Will Disley. Like those were the guys the last couple of years that he's been playing with, and he's just playing lights out. He doesn't turn the football over, and he just wins. And I, I'm interested to see. I, I feel like he finally, hopefully, can get that respect that I think he deserves. This I've year. always had Russell Wilson in my top five quarterbacks. I think, I think a lot of people have, but I think right now he's playing like number one. You think and he's think numero he, uno? Will, dude, I'm telling you, this is the year I think he actually breaks out and people say he's the best player in the yeah, league. Yeah, and this is the – After the, watching him in person, what he does and the decision-making that he has where it's should I pass in the pocket, should I scramble and pass, or should I scramble and get a first down, and he never gets hit. It's amazing. True. Like when he breaks out of the pocket, he throws incredible on the run. Like the the pass that he had on Thursday when he was running to his left, his shoulders were turned to the sideline, and it looked like he was throwing it away. And he threw like the perfect dime to Tyler Lockett in the back of the end zone. It's probably going to be an SB. I mean, it yeah. was one of the best passes and catches I've seen in a really long time. And I'm just like, this guy does more for his team than anybody else in the NFL. And so I think he's he's got to be the front runner right now for MVP. I like it. And if you're just tuning in, this is the official podcast of Wisconsin Bias. You can follow us on social media at Tomahawk Show on Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can check us our Facebook page. It's Tomahawk. Hit up our voicemail line, 440-628-1376. We have some hilarious voicemails. And again, me and Joe find most of our enjoyment when we dial up the voicemail line put our special code in it is 1673 if you want to dial in and then also check the voicemails yourself uh but yeah they're hilarious all right so let's just listen i have a a whole rundown that was worked on for literally 30 hours by the producers and i am scrapping that right now okay oh don't do it top five quarterbacks joe you have 20 seconds give them to me right now all right so my top five quarterbacks right now yep russell wilson number one Yes. Uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Number two. Uh, this is where it's starting to become tricky right now because okay. Brady has not been playing well lately. But I, w- I would still put Drew Brees number three. Okay, even hurt. Even though so, he's been hurt. So Tom Brady is not playing well, but Drew Brees is literally not playing at all, and he's still a top of Tom Brady. Got it. I know, but it, it, he was playing great until he hurt his hand. Yeah, so. and Marino was awesome until he turned 87. Well, Marino is not currently <laughs> on a team, and if he was, he'd okay. be my top five. All right, all right, continue. Um, so and, and then I've got to put like uh, Deshaun Watson up there. I think yeah. he's probably solid number four, and maybe Carson Wentz number five. I, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. Carson Wentz was super impressive when we saw him on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago in Lambeau. Uh, but so that's my top five. All right, who's your top five? Well, Joe's top five quarterbacks does not have Pat Mahomes, so mark that down. He's the only oh, football analyst in the country <laughs> who thinks Pat Mahomes All right. is number six. I'm going to start over. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Then uh, those other guys I said. Aaron okay. Rodgers, three. Then I'm going to go Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, six. So I changed my mind. Thank you. All right. I'm going Tom Brady. No, no order. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russ, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Wentz. Six. I'm not even putting Drew Brees on the list because he's hurt right now. Um, That's fair. So I'll add him later. Listen, if you are listening, we need you to like, subscribe, rate five stars, tell a friend, and listen to the episode 20 times at 3x. All right? Because we get double the amount of listens in half the amount of time. Sound about right, DJ Chris? All right. Sounds right. We also do a video episode every Sunday. So check us out on YouTube at Uninterrupted YouTube page and make sure you're subscribed there so you don't miss an episode. Now let's get right into our run and pass section 
of the episode. Run it or pass it. Run it. Run, run, run pass option. There it is. That done by the worst rapper in the history of hip hop, Joe Thomas. <laughs> All right. If you've been li- living under a rock, run pass works like this. John Fontanelli. That's his nickname. Also his government name. And it will stick that. He's been begging us for a nickname. And for, for that reason, we will always call him John Fontanelli. All right. So <laughs> he's going to tee up a topic. And me and Joe have the option of either running with it and talking about it or passing on it because we ultimately don't give a damn. All right. John, you're up. What do you got for us starting off? Jones, Stampedes, Cowboys in Jerry World. Run it or pass it, guys. <sighs> I'm going to go pass. I'll run that one. I'm just going to give a brief take here. Um, All right. I thought it was pretty awesome that the first time we've saw we've seen Jason Garrett show any level of excitement on a football field, he got a 15-yard penalty for abusive language <laughs> uh, when he spiked the challenge flag right in the ref's face. But the best part was the ref fired right back with the most aggressive flag toss I've ever seen. Oh. And I love when the refs get into it and they start showing passion and emotion like real human beings because I know that they're not supposed to do that. But when that ref really gets in there and he's like, first down, or he's like, that's a foul, you know? You can just like, tell strike. they're getting wrapped up in the emotion of it, and it's really <laughs> awesome. Uh, by the way, Dallas, the panic is in. The white flags are up with Dallas fans. We knew going into this game that the Cowboys, if they lost, they were going to have a much harder time at 3-2 and two than if the Packers would have lost because mm-hmm. the pressure is starting to mount. They've got a coach that doesn't have a contract next year. They've got a quarterback that has yet to get paid that played pretty, pretty well with the pressure early on in the season. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, things have kind of unraveled a little bit on that offense. Uh, Dallas made a little bit of a run and kept it close at the end of that game, but it was crazy. Green Bay's defense with our man Mike Patton is playing really well. They're taking the football away. They're sacking the quarterback, and Green Bay's running game is starting to click a little bit. Aaron Jones had four touchdowns running in that game, uh, or excuse me, four total touchdowns in that game for the Packers, and it looks like Matt the Frenchman Lafleur's offense is starting to click. Like, we saw on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers looked like the old Aaron Rodgers where he was just standing back there in the shotgun throwing for 500 yards. Uh, but we didn't really see that Kyle Shanahan offense influence drink um, because <laughs> he, he just hadn't done a lot of that under center play action stuff that we thought would be a big part of this offense and that would really help Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but this was the first week we just saw that offense play what I thought was a really good unit playing well together. And if you're a Packers fan, which I live with a lot of them um, in Wisconsin, you got to be really excited about the direction that this team and this offense is headed right now because with that run game clicking and Aaron Rodgers playing like the old Aaron Rodgers, that offense is unstoppable. And then you have a defense that takes the football away and sacks a quarterback that's a recipe for a super bowl right there i would love to re- to re- give a rebuttal but i passed on it and i can't but i will say yep uh, no, no rebuttals there was a uh, drink, tweet, just drink tweets just going drink. tweets going around that every time we mention kyle shanahan on the podcast you have to take a drink it's a new drinking game so, that all the time a flock drink. are doing and joe already <laughs> we're 20 seconds in and joe already 
dropped his first KS. And for those of you that are not watching the YouTube version of this, you can't see that Hawk actually drinks during this episode. It's a coffee mug, but it's filled with straight bourbon because straight. he's become an adult the, and he's not brim. drinking gold dust anymore or whatever that fucking drink <laughs> you were drinking was. Gold rush, whatever that shit was. You were trying to drink it act sophisticated. You're just drinking straight old man bourbon now. This which is just we black coffee at night to get my juices going. <laughs> what we got next, John? That's such a terrible nickname, John. John? That's not a nickname. That's I know. That's name. what I'm saying. That's why it's a great name. Terrible nickname. We'll, we'll work on it, Jonathan. John. Give us give us time. I'll take the business whenever I can get it. Kirk Cousins <laughs> cashes in against Danny Dimes and digs winks at reporters. Joe, run it or pass it. Pass it. Yes. I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it because Kirk Cousins, man, he has been the – Subject of guy. so much ridicule. He got an $84 million fully guaranteed contract. And let's just call it what it is. In 2019, he's played terrible. So much so that it's not just the media who's calling him out. It was people in his own locker room. Thielen comes out after the game saying, yo, we got to throw it downfield. He's saying he wasn't talking to anybody in particular, but there's only one guy who actually throws the football on the team. <laughs> Stephon Diggs. I wasn't talking to anybody <laughs> specifically. It was, could have been that wide receiver rever- double reverse pass. It could have been anybody. Uh, Stephon Diggs <laughs> stops coming to practice midweek and is like, dude, <laughs> I am over this. So what does Kirk Cousins come, come, come and do on a Sunday? He delivers, man. Dude went off today, so I got to give him a pat on the back. Just when you think that the $84 million of the Minnesota fan base that they spent on tickets was wasted, here comes Kirk Cousins. All right? So shout out to you, Kirk Cousins. You balled this week. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they, it keeps uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen from jumping you in the locker room this week. All right, what we got next, so, John? So, so I've got the Giants and the Patriots on Thursday night this week, so I watched that game. Uh-huh. And uh, the stats – Make it seem like Kirk Cousins played better than he did. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. Well, you're not allowed to <laughs> say won, that. They won. True. <laughs> he had stats okay. that were impressive-ish. All true. Right. But he take, still did a lot of Kirk Cousins dumb stuff. Can we take a run away from Joe? Because Joe, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed <laughs> to comment. That's on one where like you really hold it in the, the running back's gut just a yeah. little too uh, long. Yeah, and the running back RPO. takes it. <laughs> that was an I, I could have sat there and just talked about your family for four minutes and you weren't allowed to say anything about it joe baby we're going to keep it continuing to explain the rules to joe in this game I, what I do we got next john I won't do that again. ravens edge Steelers and physical road win mason rudolph and injury cart both helped off the field hawk run it or pass it <laughs> oh man oh. pass this is a this is a dicey one i know joe's gonna run love to run i'm with gonna this run one. it i'm gonna run it i'm just gonna say that when mason rudolph got hit right up under the chin Everyone instantly had flashbacks to the Ryan Chazier hit. And so there was a lot of fear, myself included, in that stadium um, for what it could be. But thankfully, he had just gotten hit, you know, right in the perfect part of his jaw. Kind of like if you see a boxer when they just get hit perfectly in the jaw and they just mm-hmm. instantly get knocked out. That's what it looked like happened with Mason Rudolph. And so they took the, the face mask off. And, and for some reason, they just started carrying him off the field. And he clearly was still way out of it. And he was uh, conscious just enough to be able to kind of put one foot in front of the other and wrap his arms around his teammates. But he clearly needed to get helped off with a cart. It would have been much safer. A guy just had a concussion. The last thing you want him to do is to fall down or have a seizure because those are the type of things that happen after bad concussions like that. 
Um, so you want to be able to put them in a wheelchair or a cart and get them off the field. But uh, as they're kind of dragging him off the field and in a very serious situation, the TV cameras go over to the cart and there's like eight police officers and firefighters pushing the cart off the field like it had broken down. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a $15 billion business and we can't get a golf cart that works for more than 10 <laughs> minutes. And not only that, but we don't have a backup plan. Like we don't have another stretcher you can put them on and just carry them and wheel it off. Like I know when I was a kid, I uh, put my hand through a window and I cut my arm and my wrist really bad and I lost so much blood that I passed out. <clears throat> and so the ambulance shows up and Jeez. they bring they bring like a stretcher on wheels and they put you on that and they wheel you off. And how does an NFL stadium that has more doctors there than at the Cleveland Clinic, I'm sure, on any day of the week? Because just on one sideline, you've got like four orthopedic surgeons. You've got family practice doctors. Practically the dermatologist and the dentist travel with the team. So you've got a gazillion doctors, but they can't find another alternative way to get Mason Rudolph off the field when he's clearly dealing with a very serious concussion. That was embarrassing. And the most embarrassing part was after the game, the NFL comes out and said, uh, well, actually, two things. One, oh, Mason Rudolph didn't need a cart? Okay, yeah. Like, I'm sure that's the the medical protocol is when a guy gets knocked almost dead that you just want to carry him off the field and, and uh, not put him on any type of a, a safe environment. Like after surgery, they don't let you just walk out of surgery because they don't want you to fall and get hurt again. That's the same thing with that. So he yeah. did need a cart, NFL. And two, they said that it was user error so that the person just forgot to put it in forward. Like, you know, when your kid jumps in the golf cart and they like forget that you have to put it in forward or reverse in order to get the thing moving. I can't figure out how they had somebody that their job was to operate the golf cart and they didn't know how to operate it. They know how to drive it onto the field, but not off. That was a real, yeah. real conundrum. I couldn't figure that one out. I'm trying to contain myself because I'm not allowed to comment on this because I passed on it. Next. <sighs> Damn it. All right, next, John. Minshew Mania meets its match in Carolina. Hawk, runner pass. Oh, pass. I'm so... I'm over the name Minshew Mania. Pass. Double pass. Our first double pass of the episode. Double Round pass. of applause there. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> Bills bully Titans in Tennessee. Joe, runner pass. Pass. Pass for sure. Titans, Bills. Drink. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, man. The NFL you hate plays to see game. it. You hate to see you it. hate to see it. John Gruden wins the Khalil Mack revenge game. Hawk, runner pass. I'm going to pass. Uh, I'll pass that one. Yeah. Falcons Drink. fall again. Houston hangs 53 at home. Joe, runner pass. I'll run that one. Here's my take. Joe's third run. Take it away. Dan Quinn likely will not survive the week because mm. his owner, Arthur Blank, came out right after the game and gave him the dreaded <laughs> vote of confidence. <laughs> when he said, we will not be firing Dan Quinn. He's a, a coaching staff that has done it in the past and we feel like he's going to get it together uh, and they're going to make it happen. But when you're a head coach that's brought in for your defensive expertise, what you did in Seattle, putting together the Legion of Boom and the great defenses they had, mm -hmm. and you have a Pro Bowl quarterback, a Pro Bowl running back, a Hall of Fame caliber receiver in Julio Jones, and a lot of talent on that defense. So the Falcons right now, one in four, they have lost to the Titans, the Vikings, the 
Texans, and I can't remember the other team that they lost to, but they have not lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions so far. So Mm -hmm. to not be able to win the games that you should win on your schedule with the talent that they have is unfortunately telling for the coaching staff, especially after they fired all their coordinators last season. So there's really no one else to blame at this point except for the head coach. And unfortunately for him, it looks like that's the direction that things are headed right there, unless somehow – they can turn things around this week because any more embarrassing losses, and I just don't know if the ownership group can stick by somebody. Even though I hate the mid-year firing, I think it's the dumbest thing ever to fire your coach in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's the popular thing to do with uh, ownerships nowadays. They love firing guys in the middle of the season so that they can get a head start on the coaching search, which you can still look for coaches when you have a coach <laughs> if you know you're going to fire him. That's the one thing I couldn't figure out. Like, Wait, you're not allowed to like research other coaches until you fire your coach? I'm pretty sure you own the team. You can do whatever you want. Browns fired their coach first and then hired their offensive coordinator. Hired their their running backs coach as the head coach. All right, I'm going to run this one. Hawks running. Yeah, it's my second run. I got another run left. But yeah, no, I I agree with everything Joe is saying about the Falcons. I want to see in our researchers who are some of the best in the entire planet. How many times is it? has an owner given a coach a vote of confidence and that person has actually not gotten fired. Like if you have to give your coach a vote of confidence that you're not going to fire him, that's pretty indicative that you're eventually going to fire him at, at some point in time. It's definitely going to happen. But the it biggest just means I haven't fired him yet. Yes. I'm not I've firing decided him today. I'm gonna fi- I've decided I have <laughs> fired them, but I just haven't done it yet. Right. So I want to tell them first. Yes. I haven't talking. I haven't, I haven't had the discussion with them yet. The biggest <laughs> thing about the Falcons and I've, I've seen this before. Yes. Their defense is playing bad and I'm talking really bad, but the most indicative thing of like the state of the, the team is that they are being terrible tacklers. Right, This is something that we've done as NFL players since we were four. There are offensive guys who don't tackle ever that could go play defense and probably still be pretty good tacklers. Right, I just feel like it's, it's a level that the defense and the players on that defense aren't pushing to. Like in Cleveland, we had good players. Usually when you see a team that's tackling is bad, and yes, there is a such thing as teams tackling bad, but it's just like it looks like an effort thing that they're almost giving up. Like to them, they're one and four. This season is over. Right. So they're not pushing themselves to that extra limit. Like there's something they're not fighting for. Again, for that to be happening so early in the season is indicative. And, and, and I was on TV with Brian Billick and he said it perfectly. When you're a head coach and you decide to call the defensive snaps, you're no longer being judged off of wins and losses, which is 16 tries. You're now being judged off of 1300 play calls. Right. Like. What play call didn't you make here, defensive guru? Why did you have him in man when it should have been zone? Why did you blitz when you should have sat back? Why were they in zone when it should have been man? And that's something that Dan Quinn as a defense is not living up to. Him calling the plays has actually made them worse. So, yeah, when he says that he's not going to fire him, like Joe said, it means not today. I love Dan Quinn, though. All right, we'll get next. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like Dan Quinn. I mean, I thought he was doing a great job until Kyle Shanahan left. <laughs> Drink. <Yeah. laughs> By the way, they are 19 and 20 since Kyle Shanahan left. Drink. All right, three. 
Our listeners are going to get alcoholism by the end of this episode. <laughs> we'll be good next, Joe. I don't think it's a communicable disease, by the way. The way you uh, said they're going to get alcoholism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, like a, right. it's like a flu contract virus. Yeah. They contract it's alcoholism. contagious. Just by listening to this show. <laughs> they're going to drink themselves through it. Kirk and Kyler's first career W, runner pass. Joe's all set. So this is this one-on-one with Hawk right here. Yeah, I'm going to pass. No, nope. uh, oh, this is tough. I'm going to run it, and I'm going to flip it and go Bengals. Bengals, my Bengals, childhood team of mine. You're probably going to pick first overall this year. Oh, whoa, 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 sweet you, childhood team of Hawks. <laughs> they look really bad, man. I mean, like, and I, I get Zach Taylor's first year, and they have a lot of injuries. Here, Here's the cheat code for the Bengals. I started with them in 2011, the same year as A.J. Green and Andy Dolan. The cheat code is this. They are not nearly as good when A.J. Green is not playing. Mm-hmm. They are the wow. same Bengals every time A.J. is not That's in the That's a hot take. For eight years, even two years prior to that. <laughs> so what that means is what we've been watching this whole time, even when they were on their rip, I'm telling you, if you remove A.J. Green, the team is probably the same team we're watching today. Even when I was there. I mean, that's just the reality. AJ was a cheat code. When we needed a hot play, we were down by three, down by four, down the stretch. We could toss it up, and AJ would jump over top of everybody and make the catch. That's not there anymore. So here we are. Next topic. Is that my last run? That's it. Damn. All right. I should have waited. I should have saved it. All right. All right. We're next, we're going to move to Am I Tripping? Tripping, 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 tripping. <laughs> I don't even hear Am I Tripping in that. That's just uh, a nice little so doo-wop funk that. tune. All right. Uh, go so ahead, John. Tee us up. Bridgewater breaks out. Saints march to 4-1 and one, with Drew Brees' return imminent and the Bears' offense stuck in mud. Am I tripping or should the Bears trade for Teddy Two Gloves? Ah. <sighs> You made that noise with your mouth as if you were going to say something profound and take this question, but then you just stopped. Would you like me to start? I have nothing there. I have nothing, literally nothing in my brain right now about Teddy right. Bridgewater and the Chicago Bears. Uh, we've said Kyle Shanahan too many times already today, apparently, because Hawk has driven yes. himself to alcoholism. He's got 57 shots in, thanks to Joe. <laughs> Love fest with Kyle Shanahan right. today. Here, here, drink. Um, I'm going to say this is a serious take here. Uh, the Saints organizationally may have made one of the smartest moves that we've seen in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the job that the Eagles did when they signed Nick Foles to be the backup. Playing quarterback in the NFL is so important to the success of the team that it makes sense to put two to three percent of your salary cap into the backup quarterback position for just this exact situation right here. The Saints were able to get Teddy Bridgewater. They paid him a lot of money. I think he's making eight or nine million a year, which is more than probably almost all their starting offensive linemen. 
So he's making a lot of money, but in those situations when you have a starting quarterback go down, to be able to have somebody as good as Teddy Bridgewater come in and to be able to lead this team to several victories is pretty amazing, and it's going to keep him in the hunt for when Drew Brees comes back. And as a matter of fact, they're probably going to be leading the NFC South when Drew Brees does come back. And for Drew to be able to take over a team that's leading the NFC South is an unbelievably fortunate situation. Typically, they would always say, if you're a backup quarterback, all they expect you to do is not turn the football over and win half the games. Mm. Looks like Teddy Bridgewater might win three quarters of their games or more as the starting quarterback till Drew Brees comes back. So I think you're going to see more NFL teams taking this strategy of we don't care what it is, but we're going to pay a lot of money to have a really good backup because injuries are happening. Starting quarterbacks in the NFL are dropping at an unprecedented rate right now. I don't know why it is. But it's happening. And so these teams that are preparing for it by having a really good backup ready to play are reaping the benefits, and the Saints are a perfect example. That's a terrible take. Here's why it's a terrible right, take. thank you. They're already flushing down so much money into the starting quarterback market, and the number is only going up every year. We talked about Patrick Mahomes, and it's like when he signs his new contract, he might be making $45 million a year. Right. And you still need enough money to pay other players. That's why typically these quarterbacks who have a bunch of money, the talent around them starts to dwindle. Right. You talked about Russell Wilson earlier in the episode. The reason why he doesn't have sexy wide receivers is because he makes so much freaking money that it's like, hey, this is why we're paying you all Bad the money. Take. We need Bad you take to alert. we need you to do more with that. We gotta Bad protect you alert. so you don't get hurt, but everything else is more on your shoulders. So the reason why Teddy Bridgewater will never get traded to Chicago is because Drew Brees is like seventy seven years old. They understand <laughs> they're at the end. So why Good would take. they trade him away when alert. he's their own succession plan? But also I'm gonna say pump the brakes because today was the first game in the last three that we see from Teddy, which is smart on his behalf, right? Because he's taking what the defense is giving him and he's not trying to do too much. But this is the first game we actually seen him throw it down the field. They scored 12 points a week ago. He didn't do a bunch versus Seattle. They beat a good Seattle team. We, we talked about how good they are. Uh, but still to this point, I wouldn't say like, yes, everyone go get Teddy Bridgewater because he is clearly the next coming of Drew Brees. I think Teddy Bridgewater is amazing. I think he's the starting quarterback in this league. I think he is the future for New Orleans. Like he is their succession plan. It's a good plan. Uh, but even still, you can't pay a backup that much money because now you have your starter making $40 million a year and your backup making what, $12 million a year? Like, now you're dumping that much money to the quarterback position. Someone still has to block for him. And I would think a left tackle would understand that, Joe. Nah, you're wrong. Okay. First of all, the reason Russell Wilson doesn't have the receivers that Patrick Mahomes has is because they spend all their money on defense. They've been paying defensive guys like crazy. Bobby Wagner is the highest paid inside linebacker in the NFL, and he deserves it. They have great defensive players. Yeah, you should pay uh, for your defense. So there you go. And it's a formula that works. And I'm sure the Eagles but, really feel like it wasn't worth paying Nick Foles all that money to be the backup. Oh, he won him the Super Bowl. <laughs> Boom. Good take. Boom. Next Mike question. Drop. Next one. And by the way, the Bears, the Bears, okay, we didn't even answer the question, but the no, Bears, they're not going to trade for him because they've invested the number two overall pick. They yeah, traded up right. to get um, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Lost his name in my brain for a second. He has not played well. NFD is somewhere cussing you out. He, it's true. He hasn't played well. Uh, but they, they still feel like he's a guy that didn't have a lot of experience in college, and so he's still got a lot of room to grow. I think he still gets another year before they start going, oh, shit, what are we going to do at quarterback? Right. If he doesn't turn it around. 
Next question. For the record, Teddy Bridgewater making seven point two five million this year. Oh, it's yeah. a little less than I make. That's nice. And I agree, they Bears should not trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Moving on, David Bakhtiari. That's right between our salaries for Tomahawk. Show, yep. Me and you, <laughs> yep, yep, perfect. David Bakhtiari joined the show last week. Joe gave him some helpful blocking advice that he actually used in the Cowboys game today. Check it out on Twitter if you haven't seen it already. You may have a side hustle on your hands, Joe. Guys, am I tripping? Or should Joe start a clinic for NFL linemen the way Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon helps NBA post players? <sighs> Joe, I'll let you handle this one. Since it's, since, it's, <laughs> since it's directed at you, I have my takes, but I'll give it to you. So I'm just doing anything to try to remain relevant yep. in today's NFL. And so I'm actually not sure if uh, what I told David was actually helpful and he uh, listened whatsoever because I know Hawk didn't listen. Nope. As soon as we start talking O-line stuff, he turns his brain off. Uh, but I did watch him do a great job on the front side of the play action zone to the open end side, exactly as we talked about it. And it made my little heart very, very proud. <laughs> so um, if it can keep me relevant and I can start calling myself – Joe Stradamus again, which is unrelated to this, but I really want that, that nickname <laughs> what did to start take it off. Uh, I'll take it any way I can get it because, as they say, somebody's got to give them the business. You hate to see it. <laughs> you hate to see it, and you can't measure that with an abacus. What's next, John? You can't measure that with an abacus. Hawk, you mentioned on our last show that you have a Vontez perfect take. Hot take, Hawk. I'm going to set you up here. All is right. the NFL tripping by suspending Vontez Perfect for an entire season? I do think they're tripping. Now, Vontez is a habitual line stepper. We understand that. He's done some very questionable things, and that's putting it lightly and putting it kindly. He's twisted ankles after the play. He's punched people in the in 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 the in the in the men area. I don't know what the correct term is there, but he's done that. He's he's done a lot of of things outside of the whistles that. The moniker as a dirty player, he's earned that. I think he understands that as well. Again, I'm a guy who played with Vontez, but I've also played against Vontez. And it sucked having to play against Vontez because anytime you play somebody who is not confined to the rules, like he doesn't care about the outcome um, of the consequences of that, that's scary as a guy going across the middle. Now, having said that, for the hits where it's helmet to helmet, and I get those are dangerous, and with all the information we understand now about head injuries, that people look at them a little, a little different. But for me, playing on the field, understanding how fast the game moves, I think it's hard to tell a defender at this point that for those for that, those kind of hits to be the reason why he's suspended for the year, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, yes, you can't leave with the crown of your helmet. Less, yes, helmet to helmet, injuries, and that's a penalty now. And yes, the rules have changed over the last five years or so. Um, but I feel like if you find him, great. Penalty, of course. Kick him out the game, I'm, a good, I'm okay with that. But to suspend him based for that stuff based on the things that we've seen in extracurricular, I feel like those are two different categories and lanes, and they shouldn't be put together. Um, I feel like any big hit defender, anybody you look at and you say, man, that's a tough defender. I feel like I can put a rip together of 20 plays where their helmet is hitting another player's helmet because that's how fast the game moves. It's a part of the game. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying that's the safest way. But the reality is this is football. This is for tough guys. And, again, that just comes along with the territory. I'm anxious to hear Joe's take. No, you're not. Nope. I actually don't want to hear it at all. 
Wait. No, I, I think you're. I think you're wrong. The guy's okay. a habitual offender. He's he targeted Jack Doyle from the Colts. He lined him right up. He lowered his head, hit him with the crown of his head, right in the head. He was already on the ground. He was a defenseless receiver. It's something we've seen over and over again from this guy. At some point, you've got to draw the line and say enough is enough. We can't allow somebody that's going out there and that is willfully trying to injure players and try to hit him in the head to uh, damage their long term health. I don't I'm, think that's okay going through his mind. I don't lifetime. think he's trying to injure somebody. Whether, whether, hey, I, I don't care. Don't confuse effort and results. All I know is on the field, that's what keeps happening. Whether he's trying to or not, at this point, I don't really care what his intentions are. It's what keeps happening. And if he can't control himself to be able to not target people and lower the crown of his head and knock people out of the games with his head, then he, maybe he doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. Because as you know, if you can't control yourself before the snap and you keep getting false starts whether you're doing it on purpose or not it doesn't matter true you're either coaching it or you're allowing it and both are bad and you got to get them out of there i don't think you got to get them out of there if you false start a hundred times and i get it's not the same thing you're not going to get suspended for breaking the rules i feel like that is still a football play and i understand you can't lower your head give him a fine kick him out of the game next game if he does it again give him a fine kick him out of the game and eventually the raiders will say we are no longer in a position to win if you keep doing this every game. I don't think that's something that you can tie to him twisting ankles after the play, which again, I'm not saying he shouldn't be suspended. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been kicked out when he did some of the other things a long time ago. Six or seven or eight of the instances outside of the whistle may be enough. But again, you look at a play like Earl Thomas today. You mean to tell me you don't think I can, I can string together 15 to 20 plays of Earl Thomas hitting somebody with his helmet? You talk about any big hit, big hit artist. That's what they're known for is that they don't have regards for their own body. The person that Vontez Burfick is putting in, the, in harm's way the most is himself. Not to say that's okay. Again, he should be kicked out of the game. He should be penalized. He should be fine. I don't think he should be suspended and for that to be labeled a dirty player because every single game, every single NFL game, there's somebody hitting somebody helmet to helmet. Every single one in the history of the NFL. Whether you're on the field or in the stands, you want to make sure you're protected if the unthinkable happens. That's where AirMedCare Network membership comes in. If a medical emergency arises, AMCN provides world-class air transport services to the nearest appropriate hospital for you or your family member at no out-of-pocket expenses. More and more insurance fails to cover the full cost of a medical emergency. And as an AMCN member, you'll never pay a dime when transported by them. Join the nation's largest air medical membership network and secure a peace of mind. Memberships cost as low as $65 a year for your entire household. And right now, as a Tomahawk listener, you'll get a $10 Visa gift card with a one-year membership. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Tomahawk and use our offer code Tomahawk. Today's episode of the Tomahawk Show is presented by mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win. MyBookie.ag has the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with MyBookie. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. If you're the type of better that likes to put down a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all of your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. Use promo code DOUBLECOVER to activate the offer. That's promo code DOUBLECOVER. Visit mybookie.ag today. 
That's mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Hawk, I think it's about time. We have got to get to our guest. Let's ring Colleen Lone Wolf. Wolf. Nice. The Tomahawk Woo! What's up, guys? <laughs> What's up, Colleen? Welcome to the Tomahawk Welcome. Show. <laughs> it's so great to be here. I'm so happy about it. Happy Sunday. We're happy to have you, Colleen. And uh, for those of that, you that don't know, Colleen and I work Thursday Night Football. Uh, she is the amazing and wonderful host, and I am merely the slappy that sits in between <laughs> two other slappies that we talk a little bit of football, but Colleen tries to keep us on track and sometimes it doesn't always work so well. Uh, like last week in Seattle, we went off the rails a little bit, but <laughs> thankfully we had the great Colleen Wolf to keep I us mean, back on track. Always. <laughs> but the shows are a little bit more fun. I feel like we go off the rails now. every week. Yeah, you do. I, I watch and, and those guys, they go off the rails. Yeah, we, we like to go off the rails a little bit. Uh, the, the crowds, you know, those Thursday night games, they're really rowdy. And the NFL Network puts us right in amongst them. And so they're like talking trash during intermission between uh, uh, segments. And Michael <laughs> Irvin is always one of the focal points because there's always a Cowboy fan. It doesn't matter where we are. There's Cowboys fans. And then, of course, there's the Cowboys haters. So he's always getting people heated up. Uh, which is pretty fun, but something interesting happened this past week in Seattle, Colleen. And I'm not sure if you were in the RV at the time, but basically what happens is we get to the set maybe an hour or so before we go on air and we get an opportunity to go over any um, last minute details. Uh If we need to go through a rundown of one of the segments, just to practice it. If, if we've got like an X's and O's segment Um, and we get our makeup and just kind of hang out in this little RV that they park right next to the, set and i'm a taller gentleman and the, the people that i work with colleen uh andrew steve and michael are all little shorter people uh some shorter than others but i was in the back and for some reason i don't know we're in the same rv every single week but this is the first time they had the fan on in the back and so i'm standing there and the fans kind of wobbling and i'm just standing there and the fans going and all of a sudden out of nowhere it wobbles enough and just digs right into the side of my head like smokes me right just above my hairline to the point where i'm actually bleeding a little bit and we're going on in like 10 minutes i would say (laughs) and so the lady pam that's in charge of um us making sure we like get there and go to wherever we need to go starts freaking out and she's like calling for ice she's like are you okay she's worried i got a concussion and uh she ends up like holding a a coke can (laughs) on my head and we were hoping that it wouldn't you know blow up to be like this huge big incident but i'm wondering colleen in uh in your years of hosting thursday night football (laughs) because you started before i did have you ever seen such a traumatic injury and somebody who is probably should have been in the concussion protocol like me last I was going to say. <laughs> I'm so sad that I was not there for this. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know where I was at the time. Who knows? I could have been anywhere, but that's exactly where I needed to be. And these are the things that I really don't ever have to worry about. Uh, yeah. my head on the ceiling <laughs> yes. That has never, ever been a worry of mine, ever. You and me so both. So I'm, I'm actually really upset 
that I missed this because later on there were all these jokes the whole night about, <laughs> you know, you had an injury to your face or something like that. And I was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> what is happening? And then I finally <laughs> found out later. And now that I got the whole story, this all makes way more sense. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think anyone has um, even come close to that. So I think you already have the award. Was this the first time you heard that story? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the entire, all of the colorful details that went into yeah. it. Because I was like, you hit, you hit your head on a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I mean, even real for people like me and you, Colleen. My favorite Corner part is that. Right in the side of the head. Right. Joe opens the interview with the story of his own. Just to make, just in case you were planning on telling it, he wanted to make sure we heard it from the you horse's gotta mouth. The you got to control the narrative. You got to control. Let that go out there really the narrative. Yeah, that, well, that, that could be damaging. I don't know if we, if we would count like a potential, something like maybe a potential injury that could have happened because mm. my first ever Thursday night football broadcast was, I guess, last year, and it was with Steve Smith and <laughs> Michael Irvin, and uh -huh. they were still just like kind of getting acquainted, and um, you know, they uh, they got into a very heated discussion, ah, and you know, nothing ended up happening. <laughs> but yeah, if we did like potential rankings, that would be at the top of the list. What was your what was going through your mind? Because we've all seen that video. Obviously, they're they're like relatives now but we all seen that awkwardness of that video what were you thinking on set when that was going on i was thinking how much time do we have left in the break <laughs> and at what point are we live again consummate professional <laughs> and, you can't throw colleen off and does anybody have like wet towels <laughs> it, takes, it takes a lot to throw me off but wow. there was it was very hot like literally and figuratively at that moment because of the heat and then the heat between those two it was uh there was a lot going on there <laughs> so that was probably the most interesting moment you've had on thursday night football i'm guessing but if you think back in the couple years you've been doing it what has been the most fun moment oh man there have been so many and Honestly, Joe, you've been part of a lot of them. The the game, the Browns <laughs> game last year against the Jets, when awesome. they finally got a win. And it was like <laughs> during our production meeting before the show, we were all talking about whether or not we would see Baker Mayfield if something, you know, if Tyrod Taylor wasn't able to get the offense going, was there any chance? And we were, and, and you, I think, Joe, had been like, no, there's no way. Like, not unless Tyrod gets hurt. That's what we do in the Tomahawk show. it was like we got on the field and literally, like, we, we saw Tyrod Taylor go into the tent and then Baker Mayfield came out and that game, it was like a playoff game. The atmosphere was so crazy it was so electric and then when baker came over and was so cool and so chill and hung out with us and he was throwing t-shirts to all the fans and our producers were rap like telling me to rap and go to break and then all of a sudden baker comes back and strolls back up on the set and sits down for more so we were like <laughs> all right let's just keep it going then <laughs> that was like that was such a fun, fun show and such a great game. That was cool. That was really like the birth of the Baker Mayfield movement. And yeah. he has been like the the poster child for the NFL this offseason. It started a little bit rough to the season, but they're back on track. And I think everyone's feeling really good being back on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon. And I'm really looking forward to the Thursday night game coming up in November in Cleveland. Whoop, whoop. Uh, that we'll be doing again. I think Mr. Hawkins might even make a little bit of a it's, surprise appearance at the game because it's a huge one. There against the Steelers. There's, there's been some rumblings. I'll just leave it at that. 
So, uh, <laughs> Colleen, for our audience, tell everybody oh, about. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, <laughs> tell everyone about your journey of how you got to Thursday Night Football. Oh man, I didn't even want to be in. I didn't even want to go into sports. Really, like, this was not really? even. This was never the plan. <laughs> no, I, I was going to go to art school and ah, creative. be like an art teacher or go into art, like uh, there's, illustration there's or graphic tons design of money or in something, that. and like. I know, right? Like, thank God that didn't happen. What was I thinking? Why would I go to, why would I do that to myself? So not that there's anything wrong with it, but I ended up. Our creative team is going to punch me when they hear that joke. (laughs) No. Yeah, that was not part of it. I'm I'm trying, I'm Switzerland here. Get me out of that. Okay. So (laughs) I, um, I ended up like long story short, I ended up going to, um, a college, uh, in Philly, Drexel, like last minute. And, I declared as a communications major and like got into sports because I did a bunch of internships and loved it. And so I did basically any job that I could get. Um, it, it was usually not on air. So I was like, I would build cameras. I was an editor, producer, line producer, like whatever I could do. I was a booker for a while mm. just to kind of get in the door and meet people. And I would do overnight update shifts on the radio and just like I, I would do post game shows. At, I used to do a post game show at a casino where my job was just to read like t- tweets and message board comments. <laughs> so <laughs> I somehow made my way. I just kept climbing and just kept like annoying people enough that they were like, "Okay, fine, we'll give you a job." And I ended up at NFL and. When I got to NFL, they, um, I was originally hired just as a digital person. And so I was doing all sorts of videos and Twitter shows and things like that. And then um, little by little, then they finally, they started to let me fill in on different shows. And then I would get other shows. And then last year, they put me on Thursday night. And that was awesome. It's the most fun. I I love that show so much. So you got your job how I got on the Tomahawk show. I basically just annoyed Joe until he was like, fine, I'll do a podcast. <laughs> Whatever, Huck. <laughs> yeah, it's the best way to get a job. That's yes. where you, like to, to all you kids out there, just annoy somebody into the point where they're like, okay, just get out of my hair. Here's a job. If, if being annoying was the only thing you needed for a job, there are so many people that should be making millions of dollars that I won't name by name. But <laughs> let's let's transition to some Philly talk. You said you're from Philly, right? You're a big Philly fan. H- how are you feeling about your Eagles yeah. right now? All right. So it's hard for me to take anything away from the Eagles blowing out the Jets today. I, but, I feel like this was the first the first week. I guess so I watched them and it was just like I was so relaxed. It was such a lovely morning. I was just like chilling. <laughs> My blood pressure was not high. It was great. But yeah, I mean, they they did get the win. Um, but I thought their offense really did not look good. Yeah. I mean, they got the win. It's the Jets. I mean, the Jets, yes, they look like a college football team. That's fine. No big deal. A win is still a win in the NFL, Colleen, right? So we're celebrate. As Browns fans, we're in first place. So we're celebrating. So I'm going to tell you to do the same thing. Don't don't worry about the what ifs. I know. I know. It's true. And hey, it was nice to see the defense like really, really have a great performance out there. They had 10 sacks in this game. They only had three sacks through their first four games of the season. So they got rolling. And I feel like if anything, it was like, okay, this is nice. Like shake off the rust, 
get yourselves right this week and then go out there. They have a really tough schedule now. They have their next three are on the road. And the defenses that they have coming up are, I mean, this is, it's not easy. They have the Bears. Well, up next, they have the Vikings, the Cowboys, but they have the Bills, the Bears, the Patriots, all in a row. So they, that offense, watching them today, I mean, the score of 31 points, I really didn't think it's, that's not indicative of how the offense performed because the defense kept putting them in such great positions and literally in great field positions on the field. Um, So they just got to be better at running the ball. And I think it'll also help when Deshaun Jackson gets back too. I think it says everything that you need to know about the Jets. When after the game, listening to Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz's post-game presser, it sounded like they lost. They were talking (laughs) so sad about their offense and the performance of their team, and it sounded like they lost the game, even though they won by like three touchdowns. But So do you think right now the way the Jets are, even when Sam Donald comes back, are they going to compete with the Dolphins for the worst team in the NFL right now? I mean, like, I think, I think that must be Adam Gase's plan because he is not doing them yeah. any favors at all. The fact that Sam Darnold got all the first team reps this week and you're talking about, you're dealing with mono where you, you can't, you can't play around with that. I mean, that's like literally life or death. I mean, well, what are you doing? Why push it? It's really not worth it. So at the very least, give your backup some, some work with the one. Right? I mean, that is just, they were in such a position to fail today. They screwed Luke Falk. I mean, the guy did not take one rep all week and had to go out there to try to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, and it showed. He got sacked <laughs> nine times, which is pretty amazing. I'm sure he's going to be in the cold tub for the rest of the week. Goodness gracious. Uh, but I thought that the most interesting storyline going into that game was how Sam Darnold was going to the doctor to get his spleen measured. And I was thinking back, you know, in my 20 years oh. of playing college and pro football, I don't think I ever remember any reports of people getting their spleen measured. Like, if that's even a consideration, you probably- maybe he should sit out. Like, don't give him any practice reps. He's not yeah. ready. Like, like I'm pretty sure that if he's not feeling amazing, like, don't <sighs> even go to the doctor and get an MRI on your spleen. Yeah, I agree. All right, so, Colleen, I don't... Ima- imagine his poor parents, by right. the way. Like, what, what the heck are they thinking all week? They're probably like, oh, my God, please don't play. Like, let's talk about this. And then he practiced all week with the ones. But then, so they were like, he's probably going to play. Oh, my God. That's scary. All right, you don't get it. I don't feel like they give you a chance yeah. to give your hottest takes on Thursday Night Football. So give us your hottest takes right now, Colleen. Give us one thing that you're like, I would never say this on TNF desk, but I'm on the Tomahawk show, so... I'm going to let it fly. And it can be that the Jets will go 0-16. I'm okay with that. Whatever comes to your mind, Colleen, if you have any hot takes, you have the floor, you have the stage to give it to us right now. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, well, shoot, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, you can. Oh, my God. Okay. I'll lead you into something because we're going to New England this week, right? Okay. And Philly, New England, there's a recent mm, history okay. of some bad blood. Yeah. Okay. Being a Philly girl, being an Eagles fan, <laughs> ah. you can say really, really bad stuff about New England because there's like a 99% chance that Tom Brady is going to be on the desk with us after the game <laughs> and it's going to get real awkward. So feel free to throw the most heat right now. Like, 
Tom Brady is way too old. He shouldn't be out there with all those young guys. <laughs> it's just obvious he can't do it anymore. You know, right along those lines. If you want to just copy exactly what I said, that works great. Too. Yeah, you could just say it verbatim. You got anything for us? <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> this this is this is perfect because Joe, you you really do you really do know me very well at this point now because you led me down a perfect road. Because you're right. <laughs> the Patriots. Look, the fact that. Tom Brady was out there looking like a model on the field. And then you have them just <laughs> dominating teams. I mean, like, this is just not, it's not even fair. It's so annoying that we have to deal with this every single year. I can't imagine being in their division. Like, I know that I shouldn't say this, but yeah, I hate the Patriots. They're the most mm. annoying team in the entire league because they're so good. There it is. Mm. I was wondering where you were going with that. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. It really wasn't. Pretty it wasn't that hot of a take, but you gave it passion. So yeah, we'll let it go. Cause you, cause you, you started off like I'm Tom Brady's a model. He's really good looking. <laughs> Their team is so good. I'm like, okay, this is not that hot of a take. But yeah, you, you, you cleaned it up at the end there, Colleen. <laughs> Now it's, it's it's time to talk catchphrase, Colleen. Are, do you want in on the catchphrase, the Tomahawk catchphrase game? Oh my God! Yes, yes, please. I used to play this all the time. Yeah, I love this game so much. All right, I'm so in. Yes. I'm not sure. Did you see Hawk today? So we record Sunday night for everybody that's listening on Monday, and Hawk was on TV today. And did a great job talking about somebody was giving the business to somebody else. And then the best part was how you sealed it because out of nowhere, you knew which camera was on you and you quickly whipped your head around and gave the cheesiest stare after you said it. That I, I know that your boss had to say something after you got off stage that today. They're like, why are you staring into the camera, like, like winking at everyone who listens to the podcast? We can't have that shit out of here, dude. You know what the funniest part is? Our first catchphrase, Colleen. So last week's catchphrase was giving the business. Joe hit it on Thursday Night Desk. I hit it today Boom. on Game Day Live. But our last week catchphrase was, what was it? You got to get your money's worth. You got to get your money's worth. So I There's said There's a it, failure to communicate. I'm going to just say that right now okay. off the top. <laughs> Joe clearly doesn't listen to his oh, own no. podcast. But the funniest <laughs> thing is that when me and you did Monday uh, Total Access Endgame, when we were ending the show, like I think it was like your last sentence. In the middle of you talking, I just yelled out, you got to get your money's worth, like randomly. <laughs> and no one even noticed, but but I'm standing beside you. The, everyone was kind of looking like, what the hell are you talking about, Hawk? And I'm like, don't worry, this is this is something else. So you are already kind of in the game. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> You've been a part of it for two weeks now, yes, and you have no idea. So great. All right, so I don't know what our catchphrase for this week is. Do we have it yet? We have a few submissions, but we ha we don't have All one right. yet. Let's right. let's vote on it right now. Let's, let's, we got her on the line. We've this got the great time. Colleen Lone Wolf Wolf with us. This is a great opportunity yeah. to make a final decision here. We're pulling up our submissions. Um, there were some really weird ones. There was uh, the Beast is in the Kitchen was one. <laughs> that would be impossible to throw <laughs> yeah, in there without sounding like an idiot. <laughs> oh the Beast God. is in the Kitchen. <laughs> we had uh, You Can't Measure That with an Abacus. I like that one. That, you that, could fit that one in there. Oh, a lot that's kind of great. That's um, really that's good. good. All right, what <laughs> else we got, John? Read, read, read us the catchphrases you have. Yeah, don't steal, John. I think those those are two of the best ones. Um, a, a few other submissions we got from Reddit, and that is how the cookie crumbles. Another one is that's a bold strategy. We'll see if it works out for them. <laughs> you got to be in it to win it. If you ain't first, you're last. I like if you ain't first, you're last. That's yeah. really good. Slobber knocker. 
you hate to see it, which is our like honorary submission of a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's that's week. what I thought it was. Okay, <laughs> Colleen, when we were in Jacksonville, I swear that that was what the phrase was, and I said it twice when I was at the pool with MJD, and I got back and I was so proud, and like nobody at Tomahawk was giving me the adulation I expected, and I was like, you guys didn't get the copy? Like I said it twice, and they're like, that wasn't the catchphrase, you moron. <laughs> All right, what's the last one? Scratch my back with a hacksaw and watch my sandwich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> any of those stand out? That might get bleeped out. Yeah. Colleen, do any of those stand out to you? I mean, the abacus one is kind of great. Yeah. I yeah. Like I that like that one. one. All right. I can't measure um, that with an abacus. Yeah, we should go with that one. Let's go with that one. And I want to hear, okay, so we've decided on the catchphrase, but uh, Colleen, you said that you've played this game before or you just like that game because you've heard of it? Or give us a little background there. I'm very curious. No. No, so I used to play. I used to play this game with my with my husband. He would we would like we would figure out a catchphrase, and then I would say it. Or we, I used to do it with my boss when I worked at uh, when I worked in Philly. He would give me something crazy to say, and he was like, "If you can work that in, I'll buy you lunch tomorrow." And I mean, I would like oh. <laughs> straight out the gate get to it. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this one. So I love this. I live for this. The, this is the, great. the I first love games. the first two could fly under the radar. You can't measure that with an abacus. I feel like it's going to stand out. Um, I know I'm going to do it. I don't know if Joe is going to do it. I don't know if you're going to do it, Colleen. I, I, it, I'll be curious. Put it in to the see. books. It's done. So yeah, the, it's Colleen. Oh, I'm, that'll I'm be the tricky it. one because we, me and Steve and Michael, we say a lot of dumb shit right. all the time. So it's easy to fit in there. But Colleen is a we, true professional. If you guys she, both do it. She never says anything dumb like this. If you guys both say that on the same desk in the same broadcast, you guys might get letter emails from yeah. HR. No, it's so good. The good news is, you know, last week our boss sent us a very nice message after the show and said, you know, I think the chemistry it looks great. You guys have been doing a great job this year. I think the show is exactly what we want. And then I wrote back, like, uh, going off of the fan to the head thing that I need to know who I can call it HR because I need to file a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I deserved the game ball for, for hiding my concussion. Yeah, you played hurt. And avoiding the concussion protocol and still going on stage yeah. and putting a great performance together. So I think we've built up a little bit of capital already okay. where we can start being a little bit more ridiculous on the show and we can get away with it. So we should be should be just fine, I'm hoping. <laughs> also, I have a question. Since you two are both uh, media tycoons, uh, when the <laughs> producers write you and say- You're the Yo, king of digital media. When the producers write and they say, hey, that was a great show, or you guys are <laughs> awesome, or in the middle of segments, we're like, oh, great set. Have you ever heard one of them ever say like, yeah, that was terrible. Let's get it better yeah. the second one. Like every yeah. single time, every single show I've ever done, it's always great segment. So this is this is Hawk's way of telling us how great he is because no. they've never said that for me before. <laughs> oh, you've actually never heard it. Okay. So this is the first time I ever heard it. So I thought it was unique. But. Well, you can't measure that with an abacus. Um, <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited to see how this works out this week. This catchphrase of the week. Now that Colleen's well, in. you know what. This reminds me um, that that story of a story I heard about John Gruden when he was way, way, way back coaching the Eagles. I think he was offensive coordinator before he before he became a head coach. I had a friend that 
played for him. And he was like, I hate that John Gruden guy. He's such a backstabber. He would come into my, he pulled me into his office, told me how great I was doing. And then I heard the next day he was talking to the scouts, how they need to get rid of me and find somebody else. (laughs) So you think, fuck, are you going out on a limb and saying NFL network people are saying that about me right now? They're like, oh, hey, you're doing a great job, buddy. All right, we got to find his replacement. Exactly. They're setting you up, Joe. You're going to be full-time Tomahawk here soon. I've heard the same exact story. (laughs) about Gruden I've heard the same exact story not that like literal story but the same exact thing from people that he will say something and then like turn around and then it's the complete opposite and like whenever any of the producers are like oh that was such a great show I immediately am like I feel like they're lying to me. I feel like it was not a great show. Like anytime that they go out of their way to do it, I'm like, uh uh-oh. Right, I'm getting fired. I think Gruden, he's the same person that he was when he was doing Monday Night Football, right? On Monday Night Football, he loved everybody. Oh, this guy, I love this tight end. He's amazing. Look how he blocks and he catches. But that's how he really felt about people because as soon as he goes to Oakland, he's trying to get rid of all their best players. Right. So clearly, like, you hear things (laughs) about what he really feels and then he's just – you know, blowing everybody all the time. And apparently people find out about it. It doesn't work so great. Yeah. You can't blow smoke up people's butt, man. They'll they'll, they'll find out. All right. So Colleen, we're going to pick Monday night football tomorrow. We got the Browns taking on the 49ers. Who do you think wins? And understand we have a heavy Cleveland fan base and they will tweet you. (laughs) Oh no, that's right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, keep it real though. You can keep it honest. Because shoot. All right. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay with like the picks that I gave for my Saturday show. Good, because we have like a whole competition going on that show. Okay, with picks. Ooh. So I'll stay true to it, even though this is not great for. I it's like I don't know my audience right now, but I'm picking <laughs> the Niners in that game <sighs> because okay. I'm worried about the Browns secondary. I'm worried about like the guys that are banged up on the team. Yeah, and I like the fact that they're coming off the bye. The 49ers are. They're at home, so I feel like all of that sort of plays into it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually picking the Plus 49ers their defensive too. Line is amazing. I want to be wrong though. That's the difference. I Ooh. I pick the 49ers, but I hope I'm wrong. That's like my really? football brain, like trying to do the matchup thing. So wait. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh nice. I'm gonna be the Look lone wolf you. and pick the brownies. <laughs> I wanted to do that for Colleen. But I guess it's me tonight. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. So if if I did that on the Thursday night football set, when Colleen, because her her shtick right now is that she's picking against the grain. She's the lone wolf. Lone wolf. Every week Branded. so far, she has been the one that's picked different than the, the three other schmucks uh, up there. And so she was the lone wolf. Yep. She was not right this week, by the way. Mm. But. Man, there's always I was so week. close to being right again. I was one miss Greg Zerline kick away. Yeah. yeah. Story the, of our lives. My favorite, my favorite moment of the show from last week, Thursday, was Greg Zerline misses the kick, and he's a great kicker. They're not going to get rid of him, obviously. And right. As soon as we go on after the game, Steve Smith goes, yeah, they're cutting Greg Zerline tomorrow. <laughs> he's out of here. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's a bad take. I like that if I go, that's a bad take. Hot take, Smitty. <laughs> I love it. He's, he's even more of a hot take artist than me and you, Hawk. <laughs> hot takes, Mitty. Me and Colleen both have it's animals so as nicknames. Wolf and Hawk. That's a big deal. Um, random fact oh, yeah. there. So, yeah. <laughs> I like how Colleen's like, oh, yeah, that is cool. <laughs> Just <laughs> completely pacifying that idiotic that. statement. Great. Like, wow, that's awesome. Best friends. <laughs> BFFs. <laughs> 
All right, Colleen, we'll, we'll let you go, but we, we definitely appreciate you being on. We've got one more question. I want to hear nerdy question from me is what's the game Thursday night football that you're most looking forward to the rest of the season? Assuming that you know what the games are, Ooh. because if you're anything like me, I don't think that's 24 hours. Literally running over to my computer, like Thursday night football <laughs> schedule, because <laughs> I was looking forward most, I was looking forward most to, uh, the Eagles at Packers because I had never been to Lambeau. And so yeah, that, that was like, a good one. That was my one thing that I was super pumped about. But now, okay, I have the schedule here. So I'm thinking I really, oh man, yikes. Um, well, I am excited about the Cleveland game because I feel like those fans mm-hmm. were, if it's anything like the last game, <laughs> that will be so much fun. Um, and then also, I kind of like, I kind of like, I've never been to Soldier Field, and I know that it's going to be absolutely freezing because oh. it's late in the season when Cowboys and Bears play. But that could decide, I think, a lot of different things with if the divisions as they stay sort of tight as they are right now mm. with the NFC North and the NFC East, that could be a, a pivotal game in terms of like playoffs and stuff. So, I think that's going to be a good one, and I hope it snows. Oh, jeez, Colleen. Do you love cold weather? <laughs> She's from Philly. Of oh, course she does. I don't like cold weather, but I really love snow. I'm from Pennsylvania, Everybody too. Everybody loves I, a snow I game, hate man. cold weather. I don't care if I've ever, if I'd never see another snowdrop, I would be fine. If, really? If you've really? ever seen a snowdrop, call me because I don't know what that is. If, if I, I said if I, if I never see <laughs> another flake of snowdrop, <laughs> I would be fine. Okay, <laughs> I never. That's it. <laughs> I, I never want to see another flake of snow. That might that be a, a catchphrase. Catch yes, I'm. I'm actually playing with another show that I do. They're like, hey, get this on the Tomahawk show. <laughs> see a flake of snowdrop. <laughs> All right, Carly, we appreciate you joining us here on the Tomahawk show. We got one more request for you. Go. Our catchphrase. We're, we're big on catchphrases, okay. if, you, if you couldn't tell, <laughs> is Joe Hawk yourself. So I need you to give us a, an enthusiastic Joe Hawk yourself that we can end the show with. Floor is yours. Okay, okay, awesome. All right, so thank you guys for having me on. I will definitely come up with a hotter take next time. And until then, <laughs> wait, what was it? <laughs> oh, that was perfect. She's we'll going go to be awesome at this game. <laughs> What what was the catchphrase again, guys? That was the great Colleen Wolf from NFL Network, my co-host on the Thursday Night Football Mm. Show, Hawk. I know you get to work with her a lot, but uh, she's been great. She started working before I did at Thursday Night Football, and she's been super welcoming and helpful, and it's just been a joy. And now she's a member of the Tomahawk, and she's in on the catchphrase, which is something that I am super excited about because you could tell listening to her, she is definitely in on the catchphrase, and she's super excited as well. Super excited. Tell me this, Joe. Who do you like working with better, Colleen or myself? Be honest. Well, I like working with you okay, that's when I don't have clear, to be in the same room as you. Anyone who so, says starts to answer with well means that it was Colleen. Well, All right, I get it. Colleen is a little <laughs> bit more of my favorite than you are. I'm sorry to say. All right, I'll allow it. Well, anyways, I think before we wrap the show, we've got an interesting voicemail from our boss boss, Maverick Carter, who is, ah. interestingly enough, 
Cleveland Browns and San Francisco 49ers fan. So he'll be watching the game on Monday night very closely. So if we got that voicemail ready, why don't we cue it up so we can give a couple hot hot, hot, hot takes. Browns versus the Niners is actually the Maverick Carter Bowl. (laughs) I grew up in Akron, but I actually grew up a San Francisco 49ers fan as Jerry Rice was my favorite athlete in the world along with Michael Jordan and Deion Sanders, but the Browns still tug at my heart, although a lot of times on Sundays it ends up as a heart attack, but this is the Maverick Carter Bowl. I root for both teams. I pull for the Niners a little bit harder. If both got to the Super Bowl, I maybe would pull for the Browns because they've never won one, and I would love it to see the Browns win one. But I can tell you this, if I ever bought the Browns, which I would love to do one day, the first thing I would do is change the uniforms and not give a damn what anyone thinks. Joe and Hawk, what do you think about the Browns changing the uniforms? Though I think the uniforms this year are better, but the helmets still need change. Something has to change. That's a hot take from Maverick, but I would concur. I would change the, the Browns uniforms back to the Browns. When I signed with the Browns in 2014, the thing I was most excited about was wearing the old school Browns uniforms. I thought it was so cool that the uniforms have never really changed since the beginning. And when they changed the uniforms, you can go back on my timeline, even as a player, even though the organization was pissed at me for doing so, I was tweeting how I hated the new uniforms. I wanted the old school uniforms back. I wanted to keep it the way that it was. And the new ones with the Cleveland across the chest, although the idea is cool, I thought the uniforms sucked to be honest um hot so, yeah. take hawk there yeah i'm just gonna you be know, honest the one thing the one thing maverick didn't say was what he would change it to would he go crazy and change it to something totally different or would he go back to the old school classic look because one thing i've always respected about the browns uniforms like you said hawk is they've always been very clean and classic and not they're, they're throwbacks but they're not ridiculous like when the steelers or like the Packers or some of these other teams where they're throwbacks, it's like an eyesore, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy, but the old school Browns was just very classic. And so I'm curious if Maverick prefers going back to that look or if he would just totally change it up. Because I don't know, maybe I'm uh, in the minority here, but I kind of like the Cleveland on the front of the chest. I, I kind of <sighs> like their uniforms I right now. I hated those uniforms, bro. I think they're kind of cool. I, I like the fact that it just represents the city, but it still maintains a lot of the classic imagery from the old school uniforms. So I don't know. Put me into the the camp of maybe I'm just a homer and uh, I know where my bread is buttered. But yeah, it's smart. I, I like I like the Browns uniforms, and I guess I was never really much for caring how I looked on the field because my pants were yeah, yeah, so big. I looked butt. like I was wearing baggy sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I clearly did not care that much. I was more interested in how I performed. My, I know that's unique for receivers because yeah, they I don't care get way that. more about how they I look and it. how they play. I don't get it, man. It makes zero sense to me. If so, Ma- I, but I do like uh, that Maverick said. You know, he'd love to buy the Browns when he buys the Browns. So, should we outbid Maverick and and buy the Browns and turn them into the Cleveland Tomahawks? That is the real. That's the real question. Hit us up on social. Let us know what you think. Should we buy the team and change the team name to the Cleveland Tomahawks? Give it a new history, right? Because we're a winning podcast. We've actually never lost. Shout out to LeVar Ball. Um, Yeah, also, (laughs) if if Mav bought the Browns and he called you and said, be the head coach, would you take it, Joe? Be honest. So the first question I would ask is, 
like the first question you should ask anytime somebody offers you anything. Mm-hmm. How much is it going to cost or how much are you going to pay me? Okay. Because really going there's rate. a price for everything. Going if rate for NFL going coaches. Rate, I'm not interested. I'm much happier wow. doing the Tomahawk show, working with yeah. my teammate, the great Colleen Wolf. <laughs> the great Colleen Wolf. <laughs> Having my weekends where I can watch the Badgers on Saturday. I can be a fan of the Browns on Sunday. Having a very stress-free Monday. I don't have to go in with a sick feeling in my stomach like I would after every game. I, I'm just much happier not having the stress of coaching, and I love my family. And when you're a coach, you, you can't no love family. your family. Yeah, you it's, can't it's love it's your either family. Coach in the NFL or love your family. It's you can say you love your family, but when you see them two hours a week, you you're don't. not actually loving your family. Yeah. Uh, one of our head coaches that was with the Browns. This is just to give a sense for how awful it is to be a head coach in the NFL. The only time during the week when he would see his kids was Friday between school, like three and five. So Friday is the day that everyone gets out early because practice is done at 12, 1230. Then you have time to eat lunch and do your recovery stuff. Sometimes get a lift in. And a lot of times you're home by three, three thirty, four o'clock. And so the coaches were usually out of the building about three. But this head coach that we had would go home at three. He would get his kids. They would go get ice cream. And then he would take them home, drop them back off, and go back to the office, and then spend the night at the office. And that was the only time during the week, except for I think they rode home together after the game, maybe after home games, um, that the head coach would see his family. And that is not unique whatsoever across the league. That's very, very typical. Most Mm. uh, head coaches, they'll they'll see their kids maybe one day a week, maybe two days a week uh, for a couple hours. And then they get to see them maybe on the weekends in the offseason. Yeah. You know, as a head and then coach, they get like two weeks a year. That's you, it. You know, as a head coach, used to coach me and you, our old offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. Drink. All right, that's going to do it for this episode <laughs> of the Tomahawk. Listen, we're recording again Tuesday. This is after the Browns 49ers Monday Night Football game, so we will have a full recap of everything that happens when the Browns go back on the prime time. This time against Joe's favorite dad, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, listen, make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars wherever you listen to your shows. I think that does it, Joe. What do you got for us? Final thoughts. Final thoughts is I'm uh, in a little bit of a bitter dispute with the people at Tomahawk Show because I keep asking for a shout-out segment where fans can give us a voicemail and just give us a shout-out. You know, tell us something funny, and <laughs> I keep getting shot down. So right now, I'm going to start turning my final thoughts into a shout-out segment. So this final thoughts slash Joe's shout-outs is not a Joe Stradamus moment, although I think that should also be a segment because <laughs> I am great at predicting things, except I'm not great at predicting that the Bengals are still a pretty good team because they're 0-5 and they looked absolutely horrible today. <laughs> so I'm going to retract that Joe Stradamus <laughs> comment, but I'm going to... Uh, Move forward and say Christian McCaffrey, shout out to him for revitalizing the value of the running back position. The white running he's back. He's only the four. That's and the white running back. Yeah. I didn't even think about he's that. But he back. is white also. Yeah. He's brought it back, although I think he's the only one. Uh, <laughs> but he's the fourth player in the Super Bowl era to have five or more games with a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in the wow. first three seasons of his career. Uh, the others, Alvin Kamara. Edron James and Chuck Foreman, who I don't even know who that is, but he's on that list. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey now has the second most scrimmage yards in the first five games of a season since 1950, following only the great Jim Brown. Oof. But I will say, five years ago, the running back position was all but dead because running back was thought of more traditionally. 
put him in the backfield, put a fullback in front of him, smash his head into the linebacker, hope to get three and a half or four yards. Now they're having a bit of resurgence, kind of like when you think back five to ten years when the tight end position had a resurgence. All of a sudden, the guys that looked like Jimmy Graham started playing tight end. Mm -hmm. They started moving them away from the line of scrimmage, splitting them out, getting bad matchups for the defense. Rob Gronkowski, they became these weapons because they were more than just block and catch passes on the goal line. They were actually weapons where you would – use them to get mismatches and that's what teams are starting to do right now with the running back position and Christian McCaffrey is the perfect person for that role because of his size his speed his quickness the way he can catch the football and the way he becomes a huge weapon when you get him out of the backfield and so for him there's going to be a lot of running backs after him now that I think are going to be able to thank him because they're going to get to start getting paid like they used to, like the weapons that they actually are. So my shout-out for the day, Christian McCaffrey. Nice All job. right, that's the Tomahawk listener. Got the shout-out, Christian McCaffrey. All right, well, Colleen Wolf, take us out. Y'all hug yourself. <laughs>